Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What's up, guys? We are back with another episode of the 1% Club podcast. Shay's been on vacation. Man, I got to tell you guys, my back is sore from carrying the team last week. I, man, Shay was off on a, a beach in Greece somewhere, and your boy had to cover it. I am on a beautiful volcano mountaintop in Costa Rica. I have been in my room no less than 2.5.2 minutes until Shay was blowing up my WhatsApp. Says, hey, this is a great show. We got a lot of stuff going on. We got to get this done. I said, my man, let me put my, my vacation on hold. Let's get this thing going. Finally, we are here, UFC 280. And if I know Shea well enough like I do, I know this dude's got quite a few plays in on this card. He said he let the whole bankroll go. The whole bankroll. You got nothing left, right? I'm sitting right in front of the safe, bro. It's empty. Empty. <laughs> empty it's safe. Okay. Out. Two quick shout-outs. Two quick shout-outs before we start. Bob, uh, Bowler Bob from the Discord sent me a nice Rams cap in the mail. And Sam Nightmare Coronado, Coronado, my man. Let's go. Let's go. He's repping. Bro, Bob's been a huge addition to the Discord, man. And I was just talking about that. These guys don't understand the Discord is more than just bets, bro. It's, 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 a, it's a community. It's a culture. It's, uh, we have real estate. We have crypto. It's really cool. There's a lot, of, it's a lot of information in there. So really cool. But let's get it started. Bilal Muhammad, Sean Brady. Uh, before I dive into it, I'm going to let you go first since you've been on vacation. I know you got a lot of information. You're ready to let go. What do you got for us? Don't overthink this one. This fight's not going to be very close. I know you got a lot of respect for Bilal, as do I. Bilal does not have the power to put Sean Brady away. And there are, as you like to say, there's levels to this thing, to this game we play. Sean Brady, in my opinion, is perhaps the best grappler in MMA today. Bilal is a great grappler, but he is four or five rungs below Sean Brady. I, you know, you've trained with Bilal, I believe. I know you think very highly of him. You haven't rolled with Sean Brady. Sean Brady is going to murk this dude. Easy money, Sean Brady, one unit, next up. I actually have not trained with either one of these guys. My question to you is, is I'm staying away from the, from the money line. I love both these guys too much to put, to put my name out on, uh, on who I think is going to win. But my question to you is, for me, for me, the over under or the over two and a half is a lock. And uh, the only way I see this fight getting finished is a sub on the Brady side. I just think Bilal, he's got the cardio, he's got the defense to, to, to back it up. Uh, your thoughts on that? I love the over as well, and I'll tell you why. I do feel like once Brady gets his hands on him, Bilal's going down and he's going to be in a world of trouble. But Bilal's got some really good lateral movement, and he never sits on his shots. So to actually find a takedown for Brady is not going to be easy. He's going to have to pick his shots well. So it's not going to be like where Brady just gets him down from the get-go. If this was a straight-up grappling match, I feel like Brady probably subs him eventually. But I believe that there's going to be enough... Bilal's going to be able to kill enough time in the stand-up where he's moving laterally, maybe touching him, moving away, avoiding the, two, the brunt of the grappling engagements, at least enough to push this fight over. I definitely like the over a lot, and I definitely love Brady. Once again, I'm staying away from the money line. I love the over two and a half in that one a lot. Uh, moving on, Caitlin Chukagian, Manon Ethereo. I'll let you kick this one off again. I'll start. I'll start first on the next one. But I have I have one play in mind 
on this, and I, I'm a, I don't know. Maybe you'll disagree with me, but I think you know what my play is. What, what, what do you got for us? And then uh, let's put it together. Bro, it's the law. It's the law. And Andre Alaski, we split the decision. That, that it just it just happens. Don't overthink <laughs> it. Don't overanalyze it. Split the decision. Caitlin Chukagian. I think Caitlin's gonna find her shots to land. I like Caitlin straight up. And the law. You can't bet. It. You gotta roll with the law until you don't win that bet. You gotta grab that plus two fifty. Caitlin D decision. And the plus 190, Caitlin straight up. That's a play for me. Half a unit. Just a elevator pitch for me here. I, I just, I'm not on the, the Furio bandwagon. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not on the Manon bandwagon yet. Like, I'm just not a believer in her yet. I know she's good. I know she's got skills. I just, I, I, I just, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not on the bandwagon yet. However, I am on the Chukagin bandwagon. And I think that if you take out the elites in the division, like, she's only losing to the elites in the division, right? Like, as of late. And and I, I, I got to be honest, I'm really shocked that she's plus money to begin this, uh, begin with this fight. And then uh, you know it's it's once again the, it's law. The the grass is green, the sky is blue, and I think Ch- uh, Caitlin Chukagan is going to win this fight by decision. So at plus two hundred, I don't see Chukagan getting a finish here. She's just not a big finisher. She's a volume gal. She's not a, doesn't have a ton of power. I think she's the more well-rounded fighter. I think she's got more ways to win this fight. At plus money to begin with, this would be a play for me on the money line. But it's damn sure going to be a play for me on Caitlin Chukagian by decision at plus 200. I love that play. I, I Honestly, I, I don't know how you would play this any other way. And, and, and take all who you think is going to win out of this. It's just how do you, how do you put Furio at that, at that line? I just don't quite understand that. That's a, that's a missed line on Vegas' part, on, on, from, in my opinion. I could be wrong. We'll see on Saturday night. Let's move along here. I'm going to start first on this one. Binil Dariush. Versus Matsugam Rots. I think these guys are the same guy. I think they're the exact same guy, and they differ on a couple different areas. I think Dariush has the better jujitsu, right? I think that he has the better jujitsu for sure. The problem with that is, is I don't think he's going to be able to, to dictate where this fight takes place because I think Gamrot has the better wrestling, and I and I. I don't want to say it's substantially better, but I have I struggle seeing Dariush getting Gamrot down on a consistent basis. If he does get him down, I really struggle seeing him hold him down. All that being said, I think Gamrot has more volume, and I think he is the better striker. I do think this fight is probably going to go the distance over two and a half rounds. I wouldn't be shocked if there was a finish on on either side. You know, if if Dariush wins, I could see a sub. Gamrot wins, I could see a knockout. But I think this fight's more than likely going to go the distance, and I think Gamrot's going to be taking a uh, you know a decision here, uh, you know thirty twenty seven maybe twenty nine twenty eight. I just think Gamrot is just a little bit better in the areas that Dariush needs to be better in. Completely agree with you, and I'll say one thing because I kind of feel like this is going to be a theme uh, for this card. In mixed martial arts, jujitsu really does not play much of a factor unless you have a significant edge if it's relatively close and you have a little bit better jiu-jitsu than the other guy it just does not play for the simple fact of a they're striking so when you're in the bottom for example you're eating shots which makes it harder to set up a submission plus this is not adcc no you are losing points you're losing rounds when you're at the bottom so you just don't have and Benio likes to play jiu-jitsu. He's going to get taken down. Gamrot is the better wrestler. 
He's his jujitsu is is better than Gamrot's. Yes, is it that much better that he's going to sub him? No, he's just going to give away rounds. I don't see any way Benil wins this fight unless he lands something crazy on the feet. Gamrot is the better striker. There's no way Tarukin couldn't hold him down. Couldn't even take him down. Benil is not taking him down. Definitely not holding him down. And when he does get on the bottom, unless he really works his ass off to try to get back up, if he does that, he'll get taken down again. If he doesn't, I feel like he's just going to give away rounds playing jiu-jitsu from the bottom. I think we're spot on. I think we're spot on with this one. Uh, this is a big play for me. Uh, full unit on Gamrot to win. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. I, I like I like Gamrot a lot here. And, uh, you know, I, I think him and Sarukian are on the, on the same... You know, they're, obviously, I think their their fight show that they're very similar. And I just, I, I, I think Dariush is just going to be a half step behind here. You know, and I'm, that's no disrespect to Dariush. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I just think Gamrot's better in the spots that Dariush needs to be best in. Uh, let's spend some time on these last three. I think we are going to have a difference uh, in opinion. I think we're going to have a difference in opinion on this one. Peter Yan versus Sean O'Malley. I'll let you start. What do you got for us? All right. So just quickly, look, you know, my, the brief Shea scouting report. Um, starting off with Yan. Great boxing. That goes without saying. He's a great counter striker. He hides behind the high shell. He waits for his opportunities to counter. Very underrated grappling. Like, I don't know if it's underrated. Like, like you don't think it's underrated probably because you know how good it is. But a lot of folks, I think, are underrating it. Jan is a tremendous grappler. He's got unbelievable pace. He puts insane pressure on you. And one of his best skills is closing range, closing distance. However, there is a caveat to this skill set, if you want to call it that, because he's tremendous at closing range, but really that's just a cover-up for a deficiency that he has naturally. He's just a short guy. He, just, he has a real reach advantage, so he has to close that distance. And often he's eating shots when he's closing that distance. On the Sean O'Malley side, listen, Sean O'Malley, say whatever you want about him. To me, he is the best sniper in the sport. He is unbelievably accurate. He he's great at picking his shots. He's great defensively. He's got tremendous head movement. He's in and out. He's out of the way. Great range control. If this is, I'll tell you right now, if this is a kickboxing fight, Sean O'Malley is going to win. Jan has a real problem. He's going to have a real problem with the reach. And he eats, he's content to eat way too many shots as he's hiding behind the high shell trying to come in. He, I can see, if this is a kickboxing fight, I think he's going to be eating three shots. O'Malley's going to be picking at him, picking at that shell, just to throw one counter and miss because he's out of range. The only counter, the only way I see him countering effectively is if he's kicking to the body. And I feel like Sean's going to be ready for that. He's going to be too short. I feel Jan is going to have to kick to the body to get anything off after, after O'Malley picks at the shell. One last thing about Piotr Jan. He's great. Piotr Jan does not win rounds unless he hurts you. He just does not put out enough volume. If you go through his fights, even look at the Jimmy Rivera fight, if you remember that fight. I was watching this. I was, I was watching this when I was going through the film. Jimmy Rivera won all three rounds, aside from the fact that he was dropped twice, so he lost two of them. Jimmy Rivera is no Sean O'Malley. He's hittable, but he was outvoluming Jan. His, he has decent footwork. Sean O'Malley is... He's not even Corey Sandhagen. Corey Sandhagen, until he got clipped in that third in that third round, was dominating Jan from distance. He is not as accurate as O'Malley. He's very good. He's not as accurate. I give the edge in striking to O'Malley. The only way, in my opinion, Jan wins this fight is if he outgrapples him or if he lands something big. 
I played a full unit on Sean O'Malley, plus 250. I also hit him via decision, plus 500. To me, I feel like this is a 50-50 fight. And if Jan doesn't come with an exceptional game plan and show some real good, heady fight IQ, I feel like Sean O'Malley is going to win this fight. And this you can take to the bank. If this is a kickboxing fight, I'm telling you right now, Sean O'Malley will outstrike Piotr Jan. Period. Stop. Uh, agree to disagree. Listen, you can go through every one of uh, Piotr Jan's fights and say, well, he was losing that fight until he got dropped. Yeah, well, listen, bro. If my aunt had a dick, it'd be my uncle. Okay? Like, you, like all those. Aldo, Faber, Rivera, uh, all, all his fights. And now, okay, so now we're, are we saying, like, are we saying Cheeto Vera's bad? Come on now. Like, you, dude, that, that's, he drops everybody he's fighting. He, he literally has... Go ahead. Let me ask you one question. Aljamain Sterling, when he, in both fights, when Aljo was not tired, and remember, this is a three-round fight. This is not five. So Jan can't use his skill of coming back late and tiring out O'Malley. Who was winning the striking exchanges when fresh for fresh in those fights? Aljo or Piotr Jan? Yes, you're 100% correct. Uh, Aljo was winning those exchanges, but the threat of the takedown makes the striking much better. And you you got to agree with me on that. There's got there, the threat of of Aljo's takedown is much like he doesn't have to worry about anything on the takedown side of Sean O'Malley. But I will disagree with that. I'll push back on that because you are correct. I was thinking about that, but when I was pulling up the footage, Jan was not fighting Aljo like he was afraid of the takedown. He's got the same high shell. It's not like he's dropping his hands and Aljo caught him with a shot. I disagree, but it lowers the volume. If you watch if you watch the fights, check the volume. Check the volume on the fights against. Any of the other guys, uh, uh, Sanhagen, uh, Aldo, you know, any of those guys that the takedown is there, his volume is like double, significantly higher, like significantly higher. If you watch the Aljo fight, his volume lowers so much because Aljo does such a good job of checking. If you got, if you watch my, uh, if you watch my breakdown on UFC YouTube channel, you'll see that I talk about this is one of uh, Aljo's best assets and attributes he brings to the table. Is he does this little shoulder check, and if he doesn't see a reaction, he shoots. He's very good at it. I'm telling you, check the volume. If you don't listen, don't take my opinion for it. Check the volume. The last time Jan has outvolumed an opponent was Uriah Faber. No, I'm saying the volume. I, I know. Hear me out though. The volume on Aljo is significantly lower. It's significantly lower because of the threat of the takedown. It's not a matter of how he's fighting. It's a matter of volume, right? So that's where I don't. I just don't agree. I don't agree with this. And 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 here, furthermore, as we get into those. Those fights, because let me ask you this. Do you agree at some point, Piotr Jan's going to be like, yo, F this. I'm going to make this kid fight me. Like, I'm going to get in his face and I'm going to make him fight me. You agree that that's going to happen? Yes. Do you also agree that when he does that, he typically hurts people? Agreed. This is where I, ha this is where I take issue with Sean O'Malley is two things. One, he hasn't convinced me yet that the durability is there to hang with the elites. When I watched him fight Pedro Munoz, to me that was neck and neck on the first round. You, I poke, take all that out of it, right? Like that wasn't – neither one of those guys would be an outclass, right? Like I, I think that was a pretty close round. Munoz won the round on the judges' scorecards. I, you could argue who would it, but it was close, right? I think Jan washes Pedro Munoz. I don't even think it's close, man. Like I don't even think it's close. And number two is I think this is too much too soon. I think Sean O'Malley, listen, bro, I love Sean O'Malley. I love what he's doing. 
I love everything about this kid, and I'm not trying to talk bad about him. This is a win-win fight for him. He's number 14 in the world. He's fighting the number one guy in the entire world. Arguably 18-1 record and the world champion right now. Like He's got two split decisions losses and a, and a DQ. Bro, he could be undefeated in the UFC world champ right now. He's fighting maybe one of the best, if not the best, 135er on the planet right now. There is nothing to lose for Sean O'Malley. The two things that worry me are the durability and it being too much too soon. I got to go with a guy that's been there. He's been there. He's fought the Sanhagans just like that. Jan has fought many guys like Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley has never fought anybody like Jan, and that concerns me a little bit. I just think, gun to my head, I got to uh, I gotta play Jan. And as we started to get, I feel like I'm ranting at this point, but as we were at the minus 300, I was like, nah, that's too much, too much. But as we start to creep towards 250, that's a play for me. And then when you get in, when you get into this even more, like we see O'Malley plus five hundred by decision, and then I see Peter Yawn inside the distance at plus two thirty-five. I'm like, shit, maybe there's something there. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if Yawn wins this fight, he's gonna finish. I do feel that way. And if 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 O'Malley wins this fight, I think it. I mean, I think he needs to get Yawn out of there. But if he does win, it'll probably be a, you know a decision that Yawn. You know, he's either going to home run him in the first round or he's going to beat him, beat him by decision. The plus money on both sides is not a bad play to me. But at, at plus 500, I do like O'Malley by decision as a play. But, dude, at, at minus 250 money line and plus 250 inside the distance, that's not – I mean, it's something I'm looking at. And, and minus 250 money line is something that – that's where I needed to be to play Peter Yan. I just think it's too much too soon, man. There's too many unanswered questions in the O'Malley game for me. If there's a kickboxing fight, I don't think it's going to be very close. Like you said, I agree with you stylistically that Jan is going to have that moment where he's chasing him. But I disagree with that. When he's doing that, he's probably going to be down a round or two. And O'Malley's got the best footwork and defensive, defensively with his head movement in the division. And a short guy, O'Malley's got so much reach on him. When a short guy's just chasing you, flailing, I think O'Malley's just going to play Matador, move out of the way, pop him, pop him, keep circling. And this is a big cage. This is a big cage. I think that's a big factor. It's a big cage against a longer fighter. Jan is going to be chasing him around, and O'Malley's going to be... He's got the high shell, a short little guy with a heart. O'Malley's just going to touch him, touch him, touch him, score points, out of the way of the counter. Can Jan catch him? Yeah. Should he be minus, you know, 300 or 250? I don't think he should be minus 175. I think this is a pick him fight. And if it's a kickboxing fight, I don't even think it's a pick-em fight. I think O'Malley will get the better of him. We'll find out. Agree to disagree. We'll find out Saturday. Moving on. Co-main event. Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw. I broke this down. UFC YouTube channel. I spent like 30 minutes breaking this down. Both of these guys, like, best best uh, attacks. I, 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 I probably have 20-plus hours into this fight. And uh, this all boils down to if Aljamain Sterling can get the takedown or not. Um, I, I There's... there's there's one one thing on each side that really is holding me up, and I, I feel like I know where you're going to go with this. And I, honestly, I'm just looking for somebody to kick me over the edge here. But Aljamain Sterling, I've I've grappled both of these guys, and I can tell you right now, if this turns into a grappling match, this will not be close. Aljamain will no, this 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 will be if this is a grappling match, this will not be close. Aljamain is a much much more superior grappler, and I know that from firsthand experience. Uh, However, there's one stat of TJ Dillashaw that is really off-putting to me, and that's 86% takedown defense. 
Very creative footwork. I think Aljamain is going to have to shoot where TJ is going to be, not where he's at. And my, I will say this. The number one concern for me on the Sterling takedown is Aljamain Sterling, 90% of his takedowns come from an overcommitted lead leg. Somebody creeping in too much, creeping in too much. An overcommitted lead leg. TJ does not move forward backward. He moves left to right. So that concerns me. For that reason, it's just like, I, I feel... If, listen, if Aljo can get this fight to the ground, I think TJ is going to be in big problems. I just worry, can he get this fight to the ground? I'm actually really interested to see what you have to say about this. Yeah, well, James, I did tell you that I'm going uh, to try to convince you um, to move to one of the sides for this. So let's see if I can. All right, quick scouting report on TJ from watching the film. Number one, things that jumped out at me. Great takedown defense. He just does a tremendous job of clearing his hips. He, he clears those hips... Unbelievable. One of the best, like tremendous. He's got some of the best feints in the game. He's got tremendous feints, head movement. That's his world. He's got great footwork. In my opinion, he might be second to Don Cruz for the best footwork in the, in the sport. He does it a different way. He's not as fast as Don. He's not super fast. He's like the Paul Pierce of MMA. He just, he's so fluid. He glides. You know, what I, mean? you know what I mean? He's like, he glides. He's in and out. He's just... He's got such good range control. He, such a good gauge on distance. He knows where he's got to be. He's got tremendous cardio. He's got good power. He does not have the best volume, but that's sort of his style. When you're fainting a lot, you look in the counter, you gotta, you know, you gotta give something to get something. Aljamain Sterling, great pressure to go along with very underrated striking. Not the best power, but that's because he, he looks to touch you a lot. He looks to touch you a lot. He wants you on the back foot while he's just outlanding you and stealing rounds. His wrestling is very good. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's great. Where Aljo is great is he's got absolute elite jiu-jitsu. Elite jiu-jitsu. Now, when we're getting to the pretty much, we got striking and grappling over here. In the striking, technically, TJ Dillashaw is vastly superior, in my opinion. But, in this particular matchup, I think it's a wash. Because TJ's style of fainting a lot and head movement, that works best when you're fighting. For example, if he was fighting Piotr Jan, I think that would be a good matchup for him. Because Jan likes to counter-strike. And counter-strikers will get frozen. Great head movement, great range control. Jan is trying to close the distance or counter. I think TJ would actually do very well in the striking against Jan. But with Aljo, Aljo's not... He doesn't bite on no fakes. He's going to be pushing forward, throwing junk at him, touching him, touching him. I think he's going to outvolume TJ in the rounds, and TJ will have to land the, you know, the big counters. Now, the only reason why I'm not giving Aljo the striking edge in this fight is, once again, because of the big cage. I feel like that's going to serve TJ Dillashaw well in this fight. In the wrestling, I'm giving advantage to Aljo, but again, since TJ has such good takedown defense, that's going to be tough. Obviously, the biggest discrepancy in this fight, as you touched on, is the jiu-jitsu. If Aljo does get him down, you know, I, I completely agree with you. And you know this better than I do, obviously. It's not going to be very close. Aljo's got unbelievable jiu-jitsu. TJ's is okay. That's about it. It's good. Now, it's good. It's good. Now, let's get to the numbers that you addressed. The 86% takedown defense of TJ Dillashaw. Like you said, I just spoke a lot of junk. Ultimately, it came down to exactly like what you said. Is Aljo going to be able to secure those takedowns? Now, I believe he will. If you just look at the numbers, let's say TJ Dillashaw is an 
and an 86% takedown defense. A lot of that, first of all, he was younger and probably a little better in the past. He was also he also wasn't going up against as good wrestlers as Aljo. But let's say, you know what? Let's say that 86% becomes 80%. Alright? Let's say it's 80% against Aljo, because Sterling's a little better wrestler, TJ's a little older. If this fight goes five rounds and Aljo puts two takedown attempts on him per round, on average, if it's 80% takedown defense, Aljo gets two takedowns in the fight. If Aljo takes him down, he's either getting a sub or TJ is not getting back up. If Aljo gets this position, TJ is stuck. He's not going anywhere. That tells, I'm telling you there's going to be at least two rounds where Aljo secures, wipes the floor with him, maybe even gets a 10-8. Even if he doesn't get the sub, two rounds, Aljo. Even if you go with that 86% takedown defense, which I don't think should be as high because he was going up against a lot of guys that weren't as good wrestlers as, as Aljo, and he's a little older right now. When I have two rounds in the bag, unless, and I'm looking at the striking 50-50 because I think Aljo's going to have the advantage. I think those other three rounds where he doesn't secure a takedown are going to be neck and neck. You're looking at three 50-50 rounds. Unless TJ head kicks him, which is possible because Aljo does come, does, does move in a lot. He's coming forward. TJ's got a great high kick. It's the left high kick, too. It's the left high kick, too. Great left high kick, yeah. If he doesn't finish him, I feel like Aljo's going to have couple of dominant rounds, there'll be a couple of close rounds. To me, I slammed Aljamain Sterling. Younger, faster, fresher. All he needs is a couple of takedowns, and this fight is his. And I think he's going to get a couple. And if, unless Aljo just does not wrestle at all, he gets stuffed once or twice, and just goes away from it. But if I'm not Aljo's coach, and if you're in Aljo's corner, you would tell him, hey, put the pace, put the pressure yeah, on him. Yeah, Aljo's not going to do that. He's going to press him. Press him? And just keep shooting. You get stuff, no problem. Maybe hold him up against the fence. But when you get him down, that round is a wrap, and possibly the fight is a wrap. I'm gonna hammer Aljamain. I hammered Aljamain Sterling in this fight. Last one, main event: Charles Oliveira, Islam Mahashev. Let's cut the bullshit. Like, give me the, give me the, give me the facts that we need to hear. I'm gonna tell you mine really quick because, dude, I feel like we're just talking like we're kind of going in circles, like. And everybody's been asking me about this fight, and like I'm, I'm almost so sick of talking about it. But I just want to talk about the facts. Let's just here's my facts. I'm gonna give you my elevator pitch. No bullshit. Oliveira, the better striker for sure. Oliveira, the better jujitsu for sure. I don't think it's gonna matter. I think Islam's gonna hold him on the fence until he's tired enough to where the jujitsu doesn't matter anymore. I think you're gonna see Islam out grapple his way to a late stoppage or a. 4-1, 3-2 decision here. That's my opinion. Would it shock me on Sunday morning if you said Islam is knocked out cold by Charles Oliveira? Not at all. Is it? Would it shock me if you said Oliveira guillotines him? Eh, a little bit. The knockout on Oliveira's side is the is the more likely path to victory. The decision or late stoppage on the Mahashev uh, side is is the more likely path to victory to me. I think Mahashev's going to clinch him. I think he's going to wear on him. I think he's going to make him tired, and I think he's just going to bust him up on, on when he. I think he's going to take him down, and he is not afraid to grapple with him. I just I like Oliveira. I love everything he's doing. I just I think stylistically this is a really really difficult matchup for him. I'm uh, leaning Islam. I don't love it, uh, but I do like it. And if you're leaning Islam, I do like that over two and a half rounds. If you're leaning Charles Oliveira, I like the under two and a half rounds. So whoever you like there, the crazy thing is, is the, the props are actually 
there, Vegas is telling us this fight is going to end before two and a half rounds and Islam is going to win. I don't see a scenario where Islam wins in under two and a half rounds. It's really hard for me to see that. And I don't see a scenario where Oliveira, it's, I don't say I don't see it, but it's more unlikely that Oliveira wins as the later the fight goes. But that's how Vegas is seeing this. So for me, I don't know, maybe you can add some value on this. Is that a way for the, for the books to balance that out to, to, to manage risk or are they just off on this? Um, I, th- I don't think they're that off and I don't think, um, I think that's a fair line, but not everyone thinks like you, James. I don't think the public is correlating the result with the, uh, over under, like it's just random action. They just, they're just probably getting some under money. So it's juiced a little bit. There are folks thinking maybe Islam will win. They have a bet on Islam, they have a bet in the under, or they have a bet in Charles. But hey, if he doesn't win, people sometimes they go like, hey, I think Charles will win. But if not, let me put the over. I, I'm rooting for Charles, so let me just bet the over, like you said, instead of Islam. I don't think they're that correlated. I don't think the books are worried in this scenario where, hey, if this one wins, let me set the total based off that. I don't think it's correlated. As far as this actual fight goes, <clears throat> Islam Akhachev, let's be honest, subpar striking. Not the best striker. Underrated footwork. He's got decent footwork, especially defensively. He's, he's, he's good defensively. Doesn't get hit cleanly a lot. Not the best head movement. Got really bad hands. Just not a great striker. Next level grappling, though. He is an unbelievable grappler. Not the best open mat wrestler. Just like... Uh, not, not, not even as good as Khabib was in the open mat. But unstoppable when he's on the body. Especially up against the fence. When he gets his positions, he's got the best top pressure in the sport as well. If he passes Charles' guard, and even if he gets to half guard, if he gets the spots he loves, Charles is not going anywhere. There's no sweeps. There's no submissions from there. Charles is in big trouble if Islam could get to his spot. Charles Oliveira, tremendous offensive striking. Brutal defensively. Charles Oliveira, people somehow gloss over this. I know we've spoken about this. When you're getting dropped twice per round on average against elite competition, there's nothing good about that. Now, some guys tell me, no, he's playing possum, he's dropping back, and he, he's, he's just trying. You know what? We're going to see this in the Islam fight. Can we agree if Islam drops him, if Charles goes down, that he's not playing possum? No, Islam man. If he, if he goes down, this is the thing. And also, if he goes down to his back, Islam's going to go down with him. He's not afraid of his grappling. These other guys are terrified of his grappling. You Listen. I'll tell, me, I'll tell you right now, if Islam drops him, unlikely, but if he does, he's going to bank that round. He is going to be on top for the rest of the round, and there's not a damn thing Oliver is going to do about it. To me, in a nutshell, this fight comes down to two questions. You can, and I feel like I've answered these two questions. I feel like these are the two biggest keys in this fight. Number one, after Islam takes him down, and rest assured, guys, Islam Akhachev will take him down. When he gets to the body, he puts him up against the fence, Islam will take him down at will. This will not be close. Islam will take him down. But after he takes him down, I kind of touched on this before. Can Charles stop Islam from passing the guard? Can he prevent Islam from passing his guard? Charles is notoriously very hard to pass his guard. Are we going to see like a round one Khabib Connor where Charles is holding him off and Charles is fending him off? He's stuck in the guard. Maybe Charles landing some elbows willing to let the round go away and get back on the feet because Charles has a huge edge on the feet? Or is he, Islam going to advance position and just get to good spots, land ground the pound, and maybe even sub him? I don't think he's going to have to. 
I don't think he's going to have to. I think he's going to sit in guard and beat him up from guard. I don't think he's going to have to. The problem with that is I think he has to at some point at least because – well, yeah, I'm saying first round early. He's got incredible jujitsu, right? Like we can all agree that there's always a danger factor there, uh, and it's not a place that you want to be. But man, I just listen. I'm going to end with this, and I, if you have something else that you want to say, feel free to say it. But I'm going to. I said this two and a half, three months ago. Outside of a round one KO from Charles Oliveira, I think Islam's going to make this fight look easy. I said that before. I've watched and I've kind of, I, in my own brain, I'll be honest with you guys, I've wavered back and forth with it. And I could be crazy here. I just think Oliveira, outside of a round one, round two knockout, I think, I think Islam's going to make this fight look easy. Now, I do think that Islam is going to have to pass his guard eventually because Charles Oliveira, round two, round three, round four, round five, when it starts in the feet, he's so dangerous. And he's so much of a better striker. He's got so much pop. If he's dropping Justin Gaethje, if he's dropping Dustin, if he's hitting all these guys, he's going to hit Islam. I think Islam eventually, he can't just rely on this fight just going the distance. I'm just going to get the takedown, sit and guard, where Charles is dangerous. I don't think that's the way. If, however, to answer this question that I just posed myself, I do not think Islam's going to be able to pass Charles's guard early on. Early, yeah. But, when Charles gets tired, I feel like Islam is going to get this position. And that's what—that's where the—that's where the two and a half rounds is coming in my brain. That's where the the guard. That's it. That's exactly what I was where I was going with that. Exactly. Now, the most important question to me in this fight is where it's going to take place. To me, there are three areas where this fight is going to take place. Number one, we have striking at range when they're just standing and striking, which is a huge advantage for Charles. Number two is any sort of grappling in the open mat which is going to be closer. It's still going to be advantage Islam, in my opinion, but it's going to be tougher. Charles maybe has some guillotines, or maybe he's defending really well from the guard, maybe gets a sweep. And lastly, it's going to be when they're up against the fence, where it's an insurmountable advantage yeah. for Islam Khacha. To me, Charles needs at least 50% of this fight to be in one of the first two categories. Either he's striking with him, or at least the grappling is taking place in the open mat. If half of this fight, or a good portion of this fight is taking place up against the cage, this is a wash. In short, we touched on this before in the Gamrock fight, <clears throat> jiu-jitsu in MMA, elite jiu-jitsu, unless you're so vastly superior, does not play. Wrestling, top control, is what counts in this sport. Islam Makhachev will take him down. Up against the fence, it's not going to be close. And if he stacks him up, it's just going to be ground and pound. Uh, don't be surprised if Islam subs and when Charles tires out. Guys, after we've had a successful, after Sean beats Jan, after Aljo takes care of business, we got all that money piling up. Just take it. Dump it on Islam Akhachev. Alhamdulillah. Saturday night. New, new, un, new undisputed champ. Islam Akhachev via vicious, vicious ground and pounder sub. Maybe even decision. He's going to ragdoll Charles Oliveira. Put all that money, let's empty the safe, all the extra funds, let's dump it on, on Islam. The only way Charles wins this fight is, like you said, via knockout. Essentially, yes, great jiu-jitsu, throw it out the window. Puncher's chance. That's all Charles has got, is a puncher's chance. Outside of that, inshallah, Saturday night, Islam Akhachev will cash those checks for us. Let's have a great weekend, everybody.
Real quick, we've this show's gone like double time what we normally are. Real quick, give me one, give me one, give me your best play from the prelims. Give me the one prelim play you're like, gun to your head, I need this play to hit. What is it? Carl Rosa. Lena Landsberg, not very good at UFC at MMA. Carl Rosa, better fighter, easy win. I like it. I like it. Well, Shay, thank you. I know you just got off vacation. I'm trying to start mine, man. I'm trying to start mine. I got a beautiful uh, infinity pool right in front of me. I need to go hit up, man. Thank you for all the plays. Thank you for the picks. Get in the Discord, guys. We're crushing it like a two-month profit in a row. Killing it, man. Get in those plays. And uh, you know the rules. Let's cast some checks on Saturday. Have fun, guys.